We are now starting the second week of our 21 days of prayer. And today is one of my favorite names of Jesus, in fact, of God. In fact, when we read this title, The Names of God, doesn't that sound a little weird? Like, I mean, don't you want to say, well, his name is God. It's a name. It's his name. His name is God. And yet, if you listened last week to Casey's message, which was fantastic, I mean, if you made it through that message last week, you could pass freshman Bible at a college. You know, I mean, it was fantastic with all the information that he gave. And so the name God actually is a title. Lord and God are titles and descriptions of who he is because there are many gods. Well, who is your God? Is it the God of fire? Is it the God of the sun or the God of the moons? No, it's Jehovah God, right? And so the names of God. And what's really unique about the study of the names of God is that when it first started, we did not even know what to call him. And so when we ask, what is your name? It, the name of God is larger than our vocabulary. It's larger than our world. It's larger than our universe. It's more like a sound. And so as God just tries to describe it, the, the early writers would not ever say the name of God. If they did, they would bow to the ground, put their face, their mouth in the dirt, and just whisper it. If they ever wrote out the symbols of the name of God, there was a rule that said if you ever write out the name of God, which was really four Hebrew letters, you are never to erase it. And that's how our relationship with God began. Until God really changed the whole dynamic. That's our message for today. Aren't you glad that uh, the, the system out in the Gulf named Fred is not developing into anything strong? Don't you hope that that continues over the next couple of days? I mean, we can use the rain, so we'll, we'll, we'll take all the rain. But I hope no destruction with it or grace that's following all right, which sounds weird for a, the hurricane or a tropical storm, Grace. So let's just hope Grace lives up to her name. And, and I want you to be in prayer for all of our health workers. We are, a, in this city, we have so many health workers and so many military families, but our health workers are worn out because of the spike of what's going on in our community and with COVID. And I think we should just pause right now and just have a prayer. And listen, please you know, make sure that you're staying safe. And thank you for joining us online. And I know there are people who are watching online because they have fears that if they were to be around people that whether it's the new variant or whatever, I don't know all about all that stuff. Some people have different positions on whether they're going to get the vaccinations or whether they're not going to. And they all have reasons why. But keep your vitamin D and your zinc up and be wise in all of your health choices. And let's keep our community safe and let's pray. Let's just go to God right now in prayer for our country, for our health workers. Lord God, we do want to stay safe. And more than that, we want to keep other people safe in all of our interactions with them. But right now, as I'm just hearing more and more reports about all of our health workers who are working double and triple shifts and are worn out caring for people, bless them, Lord God, with strength and endurance and patience and loving care as they minister to a hurting community and to those all around where we have all these spiked cases. And Lord God, protect our country and our nation and help us to make wise decisions. And we belong to you.
So our only hope is in you. And we rest that hope in you, Lord God. And so we say thank you for everything that you are doing for us, for our nation. And Lord God, we need you. Just like the song was saying, Jairus, you are more than enough. You are all that we need. And I pray for your healing over our country and over our souls. In the name of Jesus, amen. By the way, it's Savannah's birthday today. Did y'all know it was Savannah's birthday today? You'll have to take a bow. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you were singing along at home. She's 25 or something like that today, so never been kissed. It's amazing, actually. So happy birthday, Savannah. Today is our small group leadership training. If you want to be a small group leader, we want to make sure that you're equipped and in, in, in doing that well. And so Mark-wise, uh, we're going to be actually in my office just in the back. And so if you want to, if you just are interested in that, and I just want to be trained, even if you're not planning on doing a small group, then come and join us. Because uh, we really want our small groups to be a, 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 a pivotal point, you know, in our church and helping people to develop strong relationships with each other and with God. And one of the things that we're going to do moving forward is that we're going to be taking, Taryn and I, as we, as we just kind of co-preach and do all this stuff, we're going to be taking our messages and writing out some small group questions on that in case some of the small groups want to use the messages and the series that we're doing on Sunday morning and do those in homes. And it, whether you're doing a small group or not, if you'd like those questions, we're going to make them available and we're going to get them to our small group leaders. And so we want to make it easy for people to gather in the name of Jesus and grow in their walk with him. And so you be in prayer about all of that. So the names of God. Hey, by the way, I wasn't here last week. Do you know why? I don't know why mine is not working. I want, I want mine to change. I want, I want it to show up on here. So... Uh, it's not, mine is not, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, this is important stuff here. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like at home. <laughs> For whatever reason, let's start this over. See if we can't, see if we can't get it so that people, are, oh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> His name is Brooks Byron Hayes. He can't talk. He doesn't know who I am. You know, now he'll open up his eyes and he'll look and he'll, you know, like I said, it's my son and my daughter-in-law. And that's our, uh, we're, you know, grandparents for the very first time. And a lot of our friends have been saying, oh, you're going to love it, you're going to love it, you're going to love it. And we do. <laughs> this is the thing. You know, with my dad, he has a name. His name is John. I can never, ever remember calling my father John. What do you think I call him? Dad. Sometimes I call him Pops, right? And now he's passed away. And so I don't get to, you know, I don't. And my grandfather, I always called him Papa. Not one day in my life did I ever call him Lawrence, which is his name. I do not know what Brooks will call me. My son has a name. He wants me to be Papa to his son the way that 
my dad was Papa to him. Right? And so maybe he'll call me Papa. But do you know what my favorite name will be? Whatever he chooses to call me. Thank you, Breck. Whatever he chooses to call me, that's going to be my favorite name. And this is what I want you to know. That's the same way God is with you. You've probably, I know, you've never called him by his real name because you don't know it. And if you really knew it, you probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it. And so as the study of the names of God grew from the moment when the people would bow their face in the dirt and just whisper it to when they would write it and never erase it. What God wanted was to be so close to you that you would call him by what was important to you. And so this week, one of my favorite names of God is Intercessor. It's one of my favorites because, and, and the intercessor has a name, and his name is, say it out loud, Jesus. And he's our mediator, he's our intercessor, he's our redeemer, he's our rescuer. There are a lot of different words, but it's so important to us. And it's my favorite because of what he did for us. And so today I just want to tell you that story, and I'm just going to bullet point it out. And so... And so what we want to say is, first of all, you have an outline if you want to look through it. From We're moving from a name to a relationship. And it's the same way that Brooks and I are going to have. He'll call me something, and it's going to be special between the two of us. And it doesn't matter to me what that name is. What matters to me is the relationship, the hearts that will bond together. What is your favorite name for God? What has he done for you that is so overwhelming that that's what you call him? And so, it started with this. It started with four letters. And, and go back and listen to Casey's message. She did such an excellent job. Four letters in the Hebrew language. And we, we say those four letters, Yahweh-Vahe. But you know, there are no vowels in the Hebrew language. And so, we don't even have that right. And as he described last week, the, the closest we can come to the name of God is the sound of our breathing. When we're breathing heavily. That's the closest we can get to the name of God as we understand it. Do you know that every time you breathe, you declare the glory of God? And it started here, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God, formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. And as long as you can do this, you have God in you. And the day you stop, you'll see him face to face. And your body will live no more. And so that's the beginning of our relationship with God. And so Job begins to describe this very poetic picture of what happens. We're created. We're breathing. We're declaring the glory of God. And we're living. And God is in heaven and we are not. And we chose a very different path. And our relationship with God is strained. And it's described for us really in this very poetic book called Job. And you have this scene where one day the members of the heavenly court 
came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, that's where we're all supposed to go, boo, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Because Satan no longer lived in heaven. He was cast out of heaven, right? But he finds himself marching before the court of the Lord. And Satan answered, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. He's like, I'm just going down and I'm watching, I'm watching all the people. Seeing how I'm going to take them away from you. And God said, well, the Lord, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God. He fears me. Stays away from people like you. And Satan said, well, yeah. But he has good reason to fear you. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. Don't you pray that God's doing the same for you. Don't you want a wall of protection around you and your family, around our church, around our community, right? And so, God, you've got this hedge of protection around him. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So now Satan's making an accusation about Job. And as we begin to read, all right, God says, you may test him. But the Lord said to Satan, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. And we read this and we're like, God, why would you do that? We live in that world where the accuser, Satan, patrols the earth. And is looking to do everything he can to take you away from God. And we don't have to look very far into our community and all around us to see that there are a lot of people who are following that path, right? And there's a strain in the relationship because there are options. God doesn't force himself on anyone he doesn't force a relationship with you. He doesn't demand that you do everything he tells you to do. You get to choose. And you keep following the story in the, through the Old Testament. And you can see that man chose poorly. Even all the way up until Noah. All the, very, the very thoughts of all of mankind were evil. And the Bible says God wished that he hadn't even started at all. But... A prophet arose, lots of prophets arose that God used and proclaimed one day there's going to come a Messiah who's going to draw us back to God. And Isaiah said it this way, because he, and he's talking about Jesus, poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for their transgressors. He made, he made intercession for us. He came and, and brought us back to God. I'm going to come and take care of the sin problem. And so Isaiah prophesied it. And Jesus left heaven to come down to earth so that we could have relationship with God. So God the intercessor, the intercessor's name is Jesus. And I love the way it's described in Luke chapter 1. When God was talking to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. 
Is that his real name? In heaven, is that Jesus? Is, is that his name? Does he have a heavenly name like God where we can't pronounce? I mean, we know his name, Yahweh, at least that's the way we pronounce it. But what I love about it is God's like, look, I kept wanting you to come to me. I kept wanting you to come to me. But there's an accuser. There is a tempter. There's someone who's, who's distracting you and taking you away from me. And everyone has fallen for it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? We need a rescuer. And so God said, I want to send him to earth. When my son is going to leave and come to earth. And you will name him Jesus. Now, what I love about this, Jesus was a very common name. There were a lot of boys at that time who had the name Jesus. And so what he's saying is, I want someone who's going to be so close to you, you can be his best friend. That it's just, I want him to relate to you. I want you to relate to him. And you're going to call him Jesus. And he'll be very great and will be called, and here it is really, the son of the most high God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. And so now we call our intercessor, we call our rescuer, Jesus. Because Jesus lives forever, Hebrews says. He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede. That's his job. He's like, my, my role in the Godhead, my role as God the Father is to put flesh on God. And because we had a hard time going to God, God came down to us. Now, you know, part of our struggle is that if we're not careful, we treat Jesus casually. We treat him like he came to us. Almost like, hey, it's all about us. And it's not about you. It's, there is this, the transcendence of God. There is this theological perspective that we should never try to bring God down to our unholiness. That we should always be looking to transcend, to transform, to move to the place of holiness with God. And so even though Jesus drew near and came close and put on flesh so that we could identify with him, it was never his goal to sit in the dirt with us. It was to meet us in the dirt and bring us to a place of holiness. And so Hebrews said, he is always interceding for us. I love the way that Peter talked about it in Acts chapter 4. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is, and this was an Old Testament uh, scripture from a prophet, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found, I love this, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name. Under heaven, given to mankind, by which we must be saved. If we are saved, it is only because of Jesus. Amen? And because of what he did for you. And his name represents who he is and what he did. You can't earn salvation. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't live your life any old way you want. And in the very end, 
offer up some hopeful prayer. It's all a relationship with Jesus. He came to set you free, but it cost him his life. And he wants a relationship with you, but he's asking you to join him. And so, I guess my first question is, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Is, has he interceded for your sin? Have you reached out? And I don't know why people don't do I don't know why people reject it. I mean, if he's reaching out to save, why do so many people tell him no? And we tell him no every day. And so I'm asking, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, I am nothing. My sin has separated me from God. And I know it. And I know that left to myself, I'm going to destroy what the one precious life God has given me. And I need a rescuer. I need someone to intercede for me. And I want to declare a relationship with Jesus. I want to call him my Lord and my Savior. And I want to give myself to him. I pray that you do that right now. And, and you, you don't need anything special. All you need to do is from your heart to his. Declare the name of Jesus. Give up your life. And take on his. So, God the intercessor. Why do, why do we still need intercession? What is it about us? I mean, there was this time when we couldn't get to God, and now God, they've said one day there's going to come a Savior, a Messiah, and he's going to draw you in. And then Jesus came, gave his life so that we can be set free, and we did that. However, we still need intercession. And Paul said it this way in Romans 7. So the trouble is not with the law. It is spiritual and good. There was the old law, and, and we're going to have a Bible study in Hebrews coming up, you know, in the next couple of months, but... But out of that, we're finding out, man, the law was perfect, but nobody could keep a perfect law. And he said, the trouble is with me. For I am too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do. I mean, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it, anyone? I mean, anyone? I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I love the way that Paul says, look, I want to do right. And I say that's what I love, but I end up not doing it. And I don't want to do wrong. And I say I don't want to do it, but I end up doing it. But then he says, the real trouble is sin. You know, the real trouble is sin and the sin that's living in you. And I do believe that we need to separate sin from the person. You know, because sometimes people do things and it wounds us and it hurts us. And if we're not careful, we're going to turn our back on the person and not talk about the sin. Right? So... And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. 
But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And Paul is describing this struggle that all of us have. And, you know, all you have to do is just look back on your past week. And what is it that draws you away from Jesus? What is it that, is, that tempts you the most? What is the one thing that you keep going back to even though you know it's not right? For some, it's just, it's anger. I've got this anger issue and I just, and it wells up in me. And next thing you know, I'm just using my tongue to, to wound people. Maybe it's apathy. I just don't care. I just don't care. Maybe it's something hidden, some struggle. But we've all got something that's keeping us, you know, from God. And we need intercession. And so Paul says, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. And he says, what a wretched man I am. Who is going to rescue me from this body of filth? So, thanks be to God, we have an intercessor. Jesus Christ is our intercessor. And he intercedes for us when we have sinned. Look at what he says. What a miserable person I am. Who's going to free me? The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. But Jesus Christ is the one who redeems me from my sin. So if you have sin that has separated you from God, God has never wanted you to carry that. And the role of Jesus, my favorite word of intercessor, redeemer, rescuer, savior, is that he wants to set you free from that. And all you now have to do is just call on the name of Jesus, offer up a prayer and ask for forgiveness. Just repent and turn. And he wants to free you from your sin. He wants to set you free from where you've been. Number two, he is our intercessor when we're tempted. And this one is unique because we can see it coming. We know when we're being tempted. Typically, when we're being tempted, we go quiet. We go silent. We keep it secret. We don't say anything to anybody. Number one, we don't want them to know that we're struggling with it. And number two, if we're not careful, it's something that we really want to do. And so we keep it quiet so that we can end up doing it. That's what Paul was talking about. So God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So James is like, okay, I just want to give you the bottom line first. Be be patient and endure testing and endure temptation. And when you do, God's going to reward you. And in other words, this is the real struggle. This is why Jesus came as an intercessor, and he's going to be with you the whole time. Well, can you describe me what it looks like? Yep. Temptation comes, and if you want to know the progression of temptation, temptation comes from our own desires. Okay, so I have something that I really desire. And it might be something I see. It might be something I want. It might be something that I've heard. It might be, there's some kind of desire that we all carry. 
I don't know what your biggest temptation is. And maybe it's with your eyes. Maybe it's with your mouth. Maybe it's with your heart. Maybe it's, you know, a lot of us are tempted in a lot of different ways. But we end up getting these desires. And then he says, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sins, sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So here comes a temptation. And let's say it's with our eyes. And we see something that makes us go, ooh. And sometimes we're sitting in front of a computer screen. Sometimes we're riding down the road. Sometimes we're watching it on television. Sometimes we're just walking through the mall. And I'm going shopping. And, oh, look at that. Right? Right? Look at that. So what he's saying, the first thing you got to do is dismiss it. Turn your head. Turn it off. Turn around. Remember what your focus is. If you don't, the second step is going to happen. It's going to entice you. You're going to dwell on it. And it's going to drag you away. Oh. 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 Right? And if I focus, if I dwell, it's only going to go in one direction. And it's going to drag us away. Away from what? The one you love. The one you claim to be faithful to. Is this too personal? Is that why it's getting still in the room? Right? Is it true? This is where we have to defeat it. This is where you have to defeat it. This is why Paul says, man, I want to be transformed in my mind. And so I've got to win it here. Otherwise, it's going, to, it's going to stay. I'm going to linger. I'm going to dwell. I'm going to play it out. I'm going to keep on and keep on. Next thing you know, it's going to drag me away from the one I love. I want to give my whole heart to. And these desires give birth to sinful actions and you'll give in it's just a matter of time and then the accuser of our brethren is going to go to God and the sin allowed to grow gives birth to death and so where do I want to win it at which at which step do I want to win and so Jesus, your intercessor, what he's saying, what James is saying is, Jesus is drawn so near to you that he's actually going to be with you every step of the way. And you'll feel it, you'll hear him, you'll know it, and it, the Holy Spirit is helping to intercede. And, and he's going to be, you don't want to do that. Turn your head, turn around, walk away. Don't say it, don't look at it, don't keep doing it. Do, do something different. Draw a boundary. Get strong. Remember who you are. And don't go there. And knock it off. And don't let it become an action that's going to take you away from the one you love. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. 
Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. All through the process, God is saying, come on, I'm with you. Come on, let's don't go there. Come on, let's just stop it right now. Come on, come back, stop. Let's do this together. Let's remember where we're headed. I'm, I'm taking you home. I'm taking you to God. Don't get distracted by the junk on the side of the road. And then finally, he is our intercessor when we're vulnerable. And man, this can come, I mean, we get tired. And if we're not careful, we're just, we just want to give up. We want to quit. We want to stop. I'm just, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. I'm hurting. I don't like it. And we get vulnerable. And during these vulnerable times, the enemy comes in. The Bible says like a lion, you know, wanting to devour and, and, and destroy us and take us away from God. And so Romans 8 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not even know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. There are these times when we're in the middle of things and we don't know what's the right decision or what's the right path or where to go or how to handle something. We might know we're hurt or we're wounded or we're disappointed or we're tired or we're afraid. But he knows and so, Jesus, part of what he's doing is, I know the path. I've already laid it out for you. And so, all you have to do is turn to me. And, and the Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. And, I love this verse in 1 Corinthians. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through whom? Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, Jesus is your intercessor. Now, this week... All the prayers, and we have them on our website. We'll have, we have copies for you if you want. You can probably get a copy of it downstairs. But I want you to, in this week in our prayer, we're going to start with, you know, Jesus is holy. God is holy. That's tomorrow's word. Today it's intercessor. And I am your intercessor. I'm redeeming you. I am going to mediate for you. I'm going to come and redeem you. I want to intercede for you. I don't want you to be stuck in sin. I don't want you to be... Constantly having to deal with all these temptations. I don't want you to be vulnerable. I want you to be mine. And I'm going to give myself completely to you. And then we're going to go through the week. And we're going to remember tomorrow the holiness of God. And then on Tuesday we're going to talk about God the healer. And how he heals us from the inside out. And he begins to transform our desires. So that we no longer desire what is wrong. But we only desire what is right. I can remember the first time I heard my grandfather pray that. And I'm still not there. But it has become a prayer of mine. I remember my grandfather first prayed, God, I never desire to ever sin again. And so he would begin his day with three hours of Bible study. Whoo! So I pray that you're all in the word of God. But we're going to start with holiness. And then we're going to look at God as our healer. And then we're going to look at a couple of these attributes of God. God is omniscient. God is um, omnipresent. God omnipotent. He's, he's everywhere. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. Right? And then we'll go through the rest of our week. But this week, 
I want you to turn your heart toward God. Pray the prayers that we have set out in front of you. And let your relationship with God begin to grow. As Tyler and the worship team come back on stage. All I really want you to know is that God has redeemed you. He has saved you. And I want you to give your life to him. And so I'm asking you, if you've never given your life to God, today is the day. And I want to have a prayer with you about that. And then I want you to take your steps into actions that are going to lead you into a stronger relationship with Christ. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to clothe yourself with Christ. You need to walk faithfully with him. And as we get ready at the end of this 21 days to begin our small groups, we really want all of you joining a small group and finding a place to serve. Because, because those two things will keep you alive. I also want to say this for those of you who are online. I know you're wanting to stay safe. And I, and I know you really want to make sure that you're healthy. But this is what I also know. And Taryn and I talked about this this past week. If you isolate yourself in your home, your relationship with God will begin to die. We were not made to live in isolation. And so, I want to call us into a body. Let's keep each other safe. But we were called to come together to do something powerful in the name of Jesus. Amen. And he is interceding for you. And it's time that we come together and do something in this community for him. And so, I pray that God is leading you, he's with you, and he's guiding you. We're going to go into our time of communion. I want to have this prayer with you. And as you leave and you take this, this cup and this cracker, this little piece of bread, I just want to pray that you are reminded of what Jesus did on the cross for you and how he's saving you and how he's calling you into something deeper. Let's pray.